This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. This morning we hear the Apostle Paul emphatically state, food will not bring us close to God. Hmm. (laughs) Now, it's understandable that Paul would have never tasted Chef Ray's bacon. (laughs) But he's obviously never even tasted Chef Ray's brisket. I mean, I'm just saying. In fact, if he worshipped here regularly, he might be as distracted as we are on Sundays, smelling Chef Ray's breakfast waving through the nave. But luckily today, that we were offered no such distraction because we didn't have a hot breakfast because we had our annual parish meeting instead. So we had to settle for sweets and coffee. Um, and I'm still grumpy about that. <laughs> this fact also makes worship a little bit different for us today. While our preachers here are usually rather disciplined about focusing on the lectionary text for the day, the annual parish meeting invites us to look back over the past year and think about our church about and also what is out in front of us for 2024. If you're visiting for the first time, part of me wants to say, just hang in there with us. We'll be done shortly, and then we'll talk to you. But, but actually, I invite you to pay a little attention because maybe you'll get a glimpse into something about the nature of this parish and give you a little insight into who we are. So for those of you who were here all last year, you know we spent 2023 looking back over the year at St. David's, the whole time, looking backwards. Looking back over the whole time that St. David's has been in downtown Austin, which is a very long time. We published stories in our newsletter. We produced a historical calendar. We taught classes about our history. And we published those beautiful historical panels that you can see down in the lobby that represent countless volunteer hours of research from a huge committee of people doing that work. We learned things we never knew. We boasted about the things that we're proud of. And we admitted some of the things that we're not proud of. We gathered to celebrate all the organizations in Austin that somehow have St. David's being instrumental in their beginning. And we had that big, joyful liturgical celebration with the bishop here. And this was all part of our honoring the past and acknowledging our beautiful and complex history. You'll also remember that we spent much of 2023 worshiping in Bethel Hall while this historic church was under renovation. And as more people in our congregation returned to worship, the timing was just quite lovely. Bethel Hall was the perfect, intimate space for that return. And just about the time it got a little cozy, we were able to move back into historic church. We were amazed at the beautiful craftsmanship and artistry of our contractors and the fruit of the labor of our building committee. And all the while, we continued to offer the myriad ministries that make St. David's such an energetic place. Next, a new Trinity Center, the day school, all doing wonderful work, welcoming people and treating people with respect and dignity, making St. David's a diverse and vibrant community. Now, you may also remember that in 2023, we approved a $275,000 deficit budget, and we did that on purpose. We were able to do so for three reasons. We had funds from the employee retention tax credit remaining, And we are also confident in the return of our worshiping community post-pandemic. And we were confident in your ongoing generosity as a congregation. And our our confidence has been 
oh, excuse me, and our confidence has been validated. Our attendance has slowly been increasing over the year. And on Christmas Eve of 2023, we saw 26% more people than we saw Christmas Eve of 2022. So that's really promising. That's exciting. And remember, during our stewardship drive at the end of 2023, which is not over, by the way, you can just keep right on doing that, right? Go ahead and tell us what you're planning on doing next year if you haven't already. But at the end of the drive, we let you know that we needed to increase our giving by $100,000 just to help us offset that deficit. And you responded. Already, now, our, our stewardship promises are higher than they were at the end of, by June of last year. So we are confident that $100,000 is coming in, which will help us very much. But it does find us this fall, as we were massaging the budget for 2024, we're still in a deficit position. And this year, we must move to a balanced budget because the ERTC money is gone. Likewise, we acknowledge that things cost a lot more than they do. You know that last year than the year before. It's, you know it in your own life. And so we adjust salaries to responsibly respond to this. And, uh, and we increase cost of materials and resources. We're going to have to make significant budget adjustments elsewhere. So along with combing the facilities and material costs, we, we have reduced the human resources budget by $150,000 for 2024, um, which means this will require the elimination of two full-time positions at the church and reduce the hours of a couple more. Their duties will be reassigned to other remaining staff and, the de and, and turn these into volunteer ministries if necessary. The details about all this, because it's kind of a complicated chart, uh, that will all be shared with you in the first couple of weeks of February. So even though this is true, even though we have to make these significant changes, we do it confidently. Um, now that we have completed our renovation and our 175th anniversary celebrations, we're poised to ask a new question. And the question is, what is God calling us to next? So 2024, we're going to declare as a year of discernment for all of us. We're going to move through a process of listening for an answer to this question. We're going to invite every individual, household, and parish ministry to reflect on the question throughout the season of Lent and Easter. While, this is under, and while that's underway, we have a newly appointed task force that begin working on something we're calling Project 32. One of their first jobs is to find a better name for it than Project 32. But it's just a placeholder for a brainstorming project that began with the vestry and staff back in 2022, and now it's developed into a formal discernment process. So by mid-2025, we hope to have discerned how, within the next eight years, we'll do four things. We'll more fully utilize our capital resources, which is the property that we own, that we will help people engage in the life of faith more deeply, and we'll create a new ministry or ministries that engage half of our worshiping congregation, but that is not worship. And we'll create another sustainable alternative income stream like our parking garage. So those are big. And we're going to invite you all to be a part of this every step of the way. But there's some other big things on the horizon as well. General Convention of the Episcopal Church meets this summer in Louisville, Kentucky. You can practice how to say it. I will teach you because I went to high school there, right? It's Louisville, Kentucky, right? <laughs> uh, it's, gonna, it's a big year because we elect a new presiding bishop. 
So obviously it's very important. Um, so we'll, that will be exciting. We'll, um, we'll also take another group back to Malawi. So we have room for 16 people. So if you're interested in going to the Southern Anglican Diocese of Southern Malawi with us and continuing our friendship with our friends and with our siblings in Africa, talk to me or Linda Gephardt because we're excited about this trip. And then finally, our beloved Angelo Cortinas, our associate rector, will take a much-deserved sabbatical this fall. So we'll be without her for several months beginning in August. So that's just three things. Do you want me to read you the whole list of all the things? The football game doesn't start till two. I mean, (laughs) combined with all the other ministries of this vibrant parish, this all adds up to just active, faithful church. And that's awesome. And it's a thing I'm really proud of. It's a thing I'm really proud of. I'm proud of you as a people and how you serve God so faithfully. And now I find myself thinking about food again. And it's not just because Ray didn't cook me breakfast. Instead, it's grounded in the words of Paul, who wrote to the Corinthians so many years ago. Now, it may seem distant and disconnected when we're talking about food sacrificed to idols, right? But actually, I think he offers some poignant counsel for us as we move into 2024. At the root of Paul's counsel to the Corinthians is a question about how are they to engage the world around them And how are they to treat those with whom they disagree? Corinth was an intersection of many cultures, practices, and religions. And there were plenty of opportunities to offend and to be offended. Should Christians eat food sacrificed to idols? On the one hand, Paul says, sure. Because there's no there there. But, he says... If eating that food offends someone else's sensibility, then don't do it. Be aware of where someone else is coming from. Care what they think about your words and your behavior. Behave in ways that draw people towards the love of God and are not just selfish expressions of your liberty. This seems like pretty sound counsel for 2024. While our congregation moves forward in very exciting ways, and I actually don't have any anxiety at all about how we do this here at St. David's because I think we do it particularly well. But we're also doing this in the context of a city, a state, a nation, a world that is in great strain and conflict. And to top it off, we're moving into an election year. So I don't have to describe the landscape that lies ahead of us. We all know what's coming. We know a lot of conflict, a lot of mistrust, and a lot of misinformation are on their way. But we, as a people of faith, are invited to engage it differently. 2024 is a year when we will be invited to speak carefully and to listen carefully and to care how our words and actions affect other people. So even if you're confident in the rightness of your position, there's an invitation in today's text to reflect on whether your rightness brings other people closer to the loving heart of God. Because finally, that is to whom we owe our allegiance. That 
And that alone. Because Paul writes in a very tongue-twisty way, and Britain, you did it beautifully, because <laughs> it's a complicated sentence. There is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and from whom we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. He says there are so many things out there in the world. We will listen. We will be careful. We will speak intentionally. We will listen carefully. And we'll do so because for us, there is one God, the Father from whom all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. So we move into 24 with great hope and confidence. I am confident in your commitment. I am confident in your attendance to church and your attendance to the other ministries that we do in this church. And I am confident in your fidelity to Christ. I am confident in our amazing staff and their ability to adapt to new and challenging circumstances. And I am fundamentally confident in the guidance of the Holy Spirit as we ask God, what will you have us do next? In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.